July 10th, 1999, Rose Bowl Stadium, Pasadena, California. With 120 minutes in the books, the score is tied zero to zero, nil to nil. We're on to penalty kicks. 90,000 fans wash on the edge of their seats. It all comes down to Brandy Chastain. This is a 1999 Women's World Cup final. Hello, and welcome to Games with Names, presented by WinBet. I'm Julian Edelman. I'm Sam Morrell, and we're on the quest to find the greatest games ever played. And on today's episode, we're talking the 1999 Women's World Cup Final, USA versus China. And we'll be joined by Brandi Chastain, the well, infamous. The famous image. Famous image. Shirt off. Sports bra out. We have her on the board. Take a look. Epic. Unreal. Soccer players are ripped, man. They're like kind of just all cut up. They just run all day. Yeah. They're running all day. I think like seven miles, seven, eight miles per game. They're just running. I've trained around. I've trained with a couple of these guys over at like the Exo Center back in the day. And they put these little heart rate monitors on and they're like, they're like little indie cars. It's crazy. They just run all day and they got to like, they have to analyze how much running they do to like make sure they don't blow a gasket because they're like little fleas. They're just running all day long. Sprint, run, sprint, run. It's a, it's a, they're pretty immaculate athletes. We'll check out what was going on in the world of July in 1999. We'll look at both these teams and their path to the finals and we'll wrap it up by naming the game and scoring the match. Uh, make sure to follow Games With Names on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at Games With Names. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen. Rate and review and comment with the game you want us to do. Why are we doing this match? Pivotal moment in American history. I mean, women's soccer against the superpower. America versus China. Yeah. And honestly, this is, you know, this is almost... Because of the result of this game, I think America's gotten significantly better at soccer. Because in yeah. the 90s, no one, no one, soccer was not it. You know what I mean? At the end of the night, not 90s, in America. Not in America. We didn't, none of our best athletes played. None of our best athletes were playing in the EPL, women or men. And then after this, like it just jolted soccer throughout America. Everyone wanted to see him do well. Everyone had that lasting image of Brandy Chastain taking her shirt off, U.S. beating China, like mano e mano. It was nuts. It was nuts. And you know, look, China's still better at a lot of stuff than us. Sweatshops for underage workers. They would kill us. But Trash. when it comes to soccer, we have the edge. Trash. Trash. A lot of trash over I mean, A lot of trash. Don't they just dump trash into the water? They just yeah. Dump it into water. Remember when they had like bloated pigs in the river in China? They were just like, oh yeah, we just have like fat pigs that have drowned. And we're like, I think you guys got some issues in the environment here. Yeah. This just turned into a China hate podcast. No, we love I China. I felt the patriotism just take over me. And that's what this game did. Well, you think New York versus Boston is, is a, a rivalry? I mean, we're like, we go to Boston. I uh, I don't know. I mean, I, it's China and Russia. There, it's China. We got to do the miracle game at some point. We, we will definitely have to do the miracle game, especially but, now. 
with tensions Especially. running high. I mean, back back in the day during the Cold War, you know what you know what solved the Cold War? What do you mean back in the day during the Cold War? Well, I know now we got new Cold War, but Rocky Four, he Rocky settled Four. it. We got we got to get Stallone on here and do that movie. Just to get some good vibes. We, we got to get something. I mean, we were maybe just... Lundgren will come on here and talk about losing, and do the Drago accent. No, <laughs> we're going with Rocky. We, we got to have both. If we if we can get both, we get both. But Jules, how many times have you watched that montage? Which one? <laughs> Rocky Four. Oh, well, there's a couple in there. There's the montage of when you know he tells Adrian. He's leaving, he's going, and he gets in the fuck, in his Ferrari, and he's like going through there, going through the time lapse of when him and Apollo became boys. And then there's the training montage in Russia. I mean, that's ultimately why I used to grow out my beard and let everyone know. Remember Rocky grew out his beard, didn't care about anything, moved away so no one could uh, distract him. And that's where I used to grab that inspiration for the big beard of wow what i used to do i just wanted i just wanted to be like rocky you have a better beard than stallone i don't know he's got one of those he's got like a cool manicured beard mine's just like a bunch of pubic hairs that just grow no, dude you don't have a pube beard that's a, he's got a be i have a pube beard this is a fucking I, beard it's a right full here. it's a full beard yeah. we'll go, it, it's a full beard oh it's full dude you got a good stash though i can see decent stash it looks like a good stash but if it's just a stash i look like it doesn't look right i wasn't gonna say pedo but i was like my mind went there doesn't look good. You look a little French. French. That's. I mean, this, this is the Tall, patriotic handsome. podcast. Might be even worse. I don't want to be called French. I, but if you know, like a little like lined up mustache, because you're like tall and handsome. You, oh, usually, thank you, buddy. skinny guy. You know, skinny. <laughs> that's like French to me. I mean, I don't know. I I just want to be American after this game. Brandy Chastain rules, and th this. I will say this: soccer is not even in my top four favorite sports. I'm just not a soccer guy, but this game watching it, it's crazy how intense soccer is, even when it's 0-0. Zero, zero. Like, literally nothing happened. The, the whole game was like, almost, almost. It's literally like going down to my ex. It was like two and a half hours, and I was like, come on. And then at the end, I was like, yes, <laughs> we did it. it. Took you PKs, though. It's few PKs. Took you penalty kicks. The PKs were badass. It was insane. I I'm not gonna lie. When we were doing the research of this, I got a little. I got choked up. I had to leave the room. Sam and really? was in there. Yeah, you know this is like I got a little girl that plays soccer, and the whole time I'm sitting there and I'm watching. I'm like, this could be Lil. This could She's be. got the genes, dude. Yeah, we'll see. You know, those girls are those. Every one of those girls are like special. You got to be special to be that good for sure. You know, and I'm not saying my kid's not special, but I'm not taking anything away from those. Those are the most elite women athletes in the world. It was crazy because I remember Mia Hamm from like, I remember like Sports Illustrated for kids. Nomar, right? She was Nomar's wife. Yeah. Still, still married. I see her as an independent woman and great soccer player, but that's cool that you can only connect to her through Boston sports. Well, you know, Boston, you know? hey, she was part of Boston legacy. No, she of, was. You know? She was, and she was awesome. And she was, I mean, you remember her from those like, because we're the same age. You remember Sports Illustrated for kids? Everything. Yeah. She, they were Posters they, everywhere. After this, an icon. Game, after this game, they were rock stars. Yeah. They were on every late night show. They were on everything to do with kids, adults. I mean, it was pretty risque and provocative to take your shirt off as a woman yeah. in the 1999 or the 90s. Yeah. And it was pretty cool to see that, like, she got that clout for it. You yeah. know what I mean? She started it. 
She did start it. Remember they had the anything you can do, I can do better. Yeah, it was MJ and Mia Hamm. Yeah. yeah. That was a, was that Gatorade? McDonald's? Gatorade? Gatorade. Gatorade. If it was, that'd be so sad if it was like the two greatest athletes and they're just like, we eat McDonald's. Well, back in the day, it used to be Jordan and Bird doing like horse on McDonald's. That right? was a good ad. Those were great ads. No, the, uh, the Mia Hamm, Jordan, anything you could do, that was like, that was badass. That was like America. That was like, man, we were unified. We were so that was pre-Twitter. That's when when life was simple. Actually, I don't know if we were that unified. I thought we, we weren't. We, we weren't, weren't. But we it weren't. felt more unified. It did. We need we need some more World Cup victories. We need a common enemy. That's what really it's all about. Like you come together like COVID, we we drifted apart, but when it's another country, when no. it's a virus, we're like, fuck all of you. We handle the virus differently. But when it's another country, we're like, fuck that country. USA. USA. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't agree more. It's, it's just unfortunate that we need something terrible for us to unite. Well, maybe if aliens attack, we'll link up with Russia and China. Maybe we'll all team up. So, you know, what movie is that from? I don't Every know. Alien movie. Every alien movie. We have Independence to link up. Day. Love Independence Day. Yeah, Independence Day. Goldblum, Will Smith. That's around this. Now that was like ninety ninety four. Or dang. Yeah, I remember Will Smith just like punching the alien, like, welcome to Earth. And I was like, yeah. yeah. I, that, was like, that was like such a little kid moment where you're like, man, I, I want to be Will Smith punching an alien in his face. That was his breakout movie, right? Independence Day? Yeah, 96. 96. 96. Fresh Prince to action star. Action star. But let's go back to 1999. Speaking of Will Smith, the number one movie in America was Wild Wild West. A, a, an epic turd of a movie. Just, a t I mean, I think he, he turned down the lead in The Matrix to do Wild Wild West because they let him do the song too. Yeah. The song's all right. He but Will, Will Smith rap sucks. It was, it was like, you know what it was like? It was like rap that your mom was cool with. That's how you knew it sucked. It's like when you want candy and she'd be like, you can have an apple. That was Will Smith. Not gonna lie, I used to love Summertime. That's when I knew it was Summertime. Summer, summer, summertime. It was Deese. Yeah. Men, the Men in Black song was badass. I'll give you that. The, the Wild Wild West one was pretty. Eh. It was all right. Eh. It was better than the movie. Yeah. What well, we yeah, got, Jackie? The Burger King toys, and you could get the little glasses. The Wild Wild, Wild West Will Smith glasses. Oh, yeah. What do those look like? I remember the hat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wild Burger Man, they knew how to appeal to kids. Dude, he could have been in The Matrix. He it's insane. Can you imagine? He, he would have demanded they let him sing a song, though. It would have been a Matrix song about like take, which pill he takes. You I know? take this pill yeah. and I go to this one. And then if I don't, I go to that one. That's, Every day, don't you know what I mean? I'm just a right kid out of Italy. That's pretty good. What? Well, yeah, it was dinner, whatever. Number one song, If You Have My Love by J-Lo. She performed this at the game. Wow. She was at the game. So which that, one was Remember this? that with Star Power. If you had my love, that one. Uh, if all my trust, would you comfort me? Okay. And call me baby. And then she filmed the the Let's Get Loud video at the game too. Let's get loud. You know that one? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. That was a good song. You know them all if you hear them. Oh, yeah. No, you that's know. pretty cool. Around this time, Lance Armstrong won his first Tour de French. Do you, do you know Lance at all or not? I do not. Do you? No, I'd love to. I watched that doc. He seems like a psycho. 
I I don't know. Just the way he competed, like they were all cheating. I mean, cool. sure he cheated more. I was about to say he had bigger balls, but they probably all have smaller ones. Yeah. <laughs> we should get him on. I'd love to have him on the podcast. I'd love Lance on. We got to get Lance on. We want to we want to hear your story, Lance. Yeah, dude. Pete Sampras defeated Andre Agassi to win Wimbledon. Those love were, Sampras. Yeah, those were I liked Agassi. They were both cool. Sampras was married to Veronica Vaughn though from Billy Madison. Oh yeah. So hot. Want to touch the hiney? Classic. Oh my god. She she yeah. That was, by the way, that was from Billy Madison. I'm not a pervert. <laughs> That's a line from the movie. I was just saying that. Uh, no, uh, but yeah, Sampras was the man. Agassi. Genie in a Bottle. That was number one. Christina Aguilera. Stayed number one for five weeks. Remember that song, Genie in a Bottle? Yeah, that, that was on TRL all the time. By the way, the lyrics to that song make no sense. You got to rub me the right way. I'm pretty sure if it's a Genie in a Bottle, you could rub it anyway, and it comes out. It's clearly about the clitoris. <laughs> that song. Clearly about something. It's about something. It was a provocative. It was like the first song. I was like, "What does that mean?" Was that, was that? I didn't. I still didn't know that. That's what that meant. It was that was like you had to choose a side. You had to choose Britney or Christina. I feel like, and I, I kind of was leaning Britney a little bit. Oh, t- definitely Team Britney. Britney was just. You could just. I didn't know how damaged she was either at the time. I didn't know how crazy her dad was. You know, absolutely not. But I went to, yeah, I went to like private school and. She was wearing that private school outfit. I was like, wow. Oh my God. Oops, I did it again. That no, that was baby one more back. Oh, yeah. Baby yeah one yeah. more time baby or one something. More time. Yeah. And but then she did toxic. And I was like, I love toxic women. I just connected to it. It's a it's a it's Brittany was good, dude. Brittany is good. Brittany, free Brittany. Is she freed yet? She's freed. Good. We're freed. Yeah. And then speaking of the Matrix, mate speaking of the Matrix. It was released. Yeah. That was an aw- First Matrix movie is incredible. The best. Incredible movie. And then they got a little too, uh, like it's sci-fi, but then when it starts getting sci-fi in like other worlds and other dimensions and like, I, it's a little too sci-fi for me. What, you mean the second and the third? The second and third. Third one was weird. And then the second, new one, I haven't even watched the new cool. one. Second, a good act. Yeah, I haven't seen the new, I'm done. I'm, I, I don't like the, when they make a sequel like 20 years later, I'm like, we, we get it. We, it's been done. 100% agree. And also, Unless Top Gun. Top Gun was good. Top Gun. I saw it in a flight. Doesn't, doesn't do it. Justice. I know. I, sh- I shouldn't have seen it on a flight. You, you can't. You got to see it in the theater. Top Gun, it bugged me a little bit though. Why? Because we should have picked the country. We should have picked the country to hate. It was just like a generic war. I we should have, we could have rallied. It could have been Russia. Was it Iran? It was Iran. No, they never said. They played it safe. Did they? It should have been, it should have been Russia. You know why? Why? Money. Money. There's International money. money. All these streaming services and everything, they want, they're trying to dip in every single little market. China's a big market, dude. Huge market. Yeah. Uh, Napster was launched. Napster uh, was big. Basically ruined like seven of my parents' computers because of this. <laughs> literally i mean napster preceded like you know limewire because uh basically it was first yeah no napster yeah. was first yeah i mean and napster you get air share dude it was amazing you were just like oh i don't have to play pay for music anymore this is this is gonna be a problem i had two friends that got like in trouble because of it because if you did it on like a school network that's how they would catch you like if you were at college or something and you were downloading music and everyone was sharing it it was really illegal 
two of my friends went down, like got like subpoenaed. Where they're they still had, in prison, dude. No, but when they got a letter and it said like we're suing you for like a hundred million dollars, what? Ended up, yeah, they ended up settling for like five grand. They're like, dude, we we downloaded like three Madonna songs, a hundred million dollars. No, I'm telling you, bro. Yeah, five grand is still not nothing. That's no crazy. That's a lot of money in 1990. It was like 2001, 2002, maybe when. No, it was like probably like college, so it was going on for a while. Nap. All I think about is in social network when when Justin Timberlake is like, you know, he's like, drop the. When he's doing, he's playing. Uh, what's it? Yeah, and he says, "Why don't you drop the the?" Remember, <laughs> he's like the Facebook. I think you should drop the the. Mike drops and leaves. Yeah. Oh, and I love when he goes. Uh, he goes a million dollars isn't cool. You know what's cool? A billion dollars. It's a good movie. JT killed that role. He killed it. That's a great, that's one of the best movies of the last it's, 20 years. You can turn it on and still watch it all the time. It's one of those movies that you're like, and it, and it connects with, I connect with it because a lot of it's in Boston and Palo Alto where I like grew up in both. Right. So like you see wow, some of the areas, of it's gnarly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you don't, Sorkin, you never know what you're going to get, but when he's on, it's like John Starks. He's either going two for 18 or he's hitting nine straight threes. I mean, yeah. Sorkin, who, when who he gets the heat check. Who was the uh, Zuckerberg character? What's his name? Jesse Eisen. Yeah, he he killed that too. Yeah, dude. He was perfect for that. Yeah, he was. He, <laughs> it's weird. That's a weird compliment. You're perfect to play the most unlikable character in cinematic history. <laughs> but that was he, his role. And then no, I loved him it. in uh, Zombieland and shit too. He's, a, he was he's like, great. He's, he's, he's a, a great, great actor. actor. But like in that one, like he plays a nerdy, kind of dorky asshole very well. And dude, Army Hammer. Army Hammer. Times two, the Winklevoss. Winklevosses. Tarantino Women's said it was the best, hands down, the best film of the 2010s. Who said that? Quentin Tarantino. Really? Yeah. That's high praise. Huge praise. Wow. It, it was that. It was that good. That's, I love that movie. Oh my god! Imagine making a movie that Quentin Tarantino says is the best movie. That's so fucking cool. David Fincher, man, beast. Beast. One of the best. Let's get into women's soccer in 1999. This was the third Women's World Cup. 99 was the first to feature 16 teams. Previous Women's World Cup, China in 1991, the U.S. won. In Sweden in 1995, the U.S. finished third, and I believe the Chinese finished first. Fourth. Fourth. Who, who won it? Norway won that one. Norway. Damn. It was one of those uh, close to the Sweden teams that won. I, I wonder what the, the refs were doing in that, that series. It was Nordic team. What is that area called? Uh, Scandinavia. Beautiful area. Nice people. Great food. Yeah. Went to a burger joint in Copenhagen once called like the Gaslight Pub. Phenomenal. Really? You're, you will find a good burger. Anywhere. I love You're like burger. the Burger King. <laughs> you are like the Burger King. I like to call myself the Socrates of burgers because I know my faults in grading burgers. I know that I'm wrong. Because you don't like a huge patty? It depends, you know. It depends. I, I like, I'm, that's why I am a little biased towards smash burgers because that's what you get out in California. But I know that's my default. I know that's my, that's my bad judging style of it. Yeah. You're, but you're like, you are a burger guy. Love for sure. burgers. Uh, large venue, largest venue uh, in the 19, the large venues in 1999 World Cup, Giant Stadium. Used to love the old Giant Stadium. Hell yeah. I feel like I get the same vibes of the Giants Stadium at the new Met. They like built it almost like the same, just it looks a little futurier. Yeah. 
Like the openness of it, it was like pretty much the same. It's such a pain in the ass to get to Jersey to go to a game. Yeah, it it's is. It's so annoying. It's like, it's same with Yankees games. You're like, it's, Yankees games are even worse because it's like, that's like a seven hour commitment if you take travel the in the Bronx. Account. You got to take trains. Well, of course you take trains, but even getting out of there, you, you're smushed on that yeah. train. That's a, that's a tough, you factor in commute for all that stuff. Knicks and Rangers, it's the easiest. You're in and out. Shorter games and you're in and out, but a Giants, getting to, getting to Jersey, you're taking a weird bus. You're like, what, what am I going, what am I doing? What am I, 80 and going to Atlantic City? This stinks. I used to love, it was, it was such a cool entrance. We used to stay in like Jersey when we would play against the Giants or Jets. And you drive on what's that highway across? I think it. I think it's ninety five. I think so, but I don't drive. I don't know, but maybe. And you see the skyline of the the city, and then you take a look at the left, and you see the dumpy marshes of the Meadowlands <laughs> and that dumpy big ass Jersey. stadium. You're like, where are we going? But it's cool. You, I loved playing in New York. I love when when Buffalo Bills fans are like, we actually play in New York, and I'm like. Yeah, only six hours north from the city. You're right. Sorry we're an hour in New Jersey. but yeah. No, it's like right off. It's right there. Foxborough Stadium was there. The old Foxborough with the... Classic. Classic uh, bleacher stadium. What are the, they had the bleacher seats. They didn't have seats. Never, never saw that field. Soldier Field. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome venue. They redid that thing. I think they're going to redo it again. But uh, I always enjoyed playing there. And then the Rose Bowl. I never got to play in the Rose Bowl. It's class. I mean, this is our third episode on the Rose Bowl. How, what have we done? We did... Uh, we did Michael Irvin Super Bowl. Yeah. We did Phil Simms Super Bowl. Now we got this one. Love wow. it. It's, we, got, we got to do Texas USC soon. I know. I, was that, that the liner at Vince Young one? Yeah, that's pretty badass. That was like my dream place to play as a, as a California kid growing up watching the Pac-10 at the time, not the Pac-12. The Rose Bowl, the electricity of the Rose Bowl. Yeah. The grass always looked like it was just a little greener. <laughs> the stadium was just a lot bigger, 90, 90 plus thousand. Back in that day, it was huge. That's probably top five. It was probably top five there. As far as professional stadiums, you get the college stadiums, they're putting like 110, 115, but as far as pro stadiums, well, it's not a pro stadium. It's UCLA it plays like there, one. yeah. Speaking of annoying places to get to, they say it's a pain in the ass to get there. Pass it, yeah. You pass it and take the one ten. You might through downtown. See you later. Talk about traffic. It's a, that is a really annoying place to get to. That's what I've heard. Pasadena is a cool city, though. It is it's cool. a little too far. It's a little too far. The success of the nineteen ninety six Atlanta Olympics helped the U S. push to land the World Cup bid. More than seventy six thousand fans attended. The 1996 Olympic final in Athens, Georgia. That's crazy. Yeah, because uh, a little clarity on that one. They said uh, in the initial bid, they thought about playing it safe and just having like small cities on the East Coast host the 99 World Cup. And then they looked at that game. They were like, nah, we can sell out the big ones. We can sell out the coast big ones. Coast, you get excitement action. and patriotism smashed together, man, like a smash burger. That's right um 99 what, what were we doing i was i mean i was 13 i was uh that was a big sports year for me because i was a you know knicks fan yankees were great knicks were in the finals they lost to the spurs but just being an hc getting to the finals that year bar mitzvah yeah i one one eyebrowed bar mitzvah dude 1999 Sam, what was the best bar mitzvah gift 
best bar mitzvah. I don't remember. I was a kid. I don't remember. Cash, you have it in right? the city somewhere? Yeah, yeah. Cash is, cash the is best, always yeah. the best. Cash is always the best. You get like a, a couple friends maybe come through with like an HMV gift certificate. Remember HMV? What is that? It was like almost like Best Buy before. You know, you guys remember HMV? No. Maybe that was a New York New thing. York thing. Weird. We had uh, like, what was the one? Circuit City? Yeah, that was that was a big one. Uh, we had uh, Radio Shack. Yeah. Is Radio Shack dead too? I think there's one still in my hometown. I don't know what they still sell. Let me see. I just remember the second you got past like the first wave at Radio Shack, it got real deep real quick. You know what I mean? Like all the little wires and the parts and the build your own computer type <laughs> Yeah. Scary. Mine was in Woodside Plaza, Redwood City. Go what, over there. What was 13-year-old Julian like? Uh... That was like a tough time for me because that's when kids were hitting puberty and I wasn't. I was like, for like when I was playing sports, uh, after like I was 12, that's when like, you know, kids started growing. I didn't. So I was like, the chip on my shoulder was getting bigger and bigger. I'd get pissed off more, get that little man syndrome a little bit. I was playing sports, playing football, baseball, basketball, uh, just doing that. Hell yeah. I don't really remember anything else. But you got, but you, you came on strong in puberty. You came on strong for the Patriots. We, we, we came on strong. You came on strong. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a huge part of, you know, what I became because of that time in my life, you know, experiencing that a lot of fighting, fought a lot. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. And an older brother who was like you could seven. fight though, I bet. An older brother that was seven years older than me. I used to whoop my ass all the time. <laughs> and so like. When a guy tried to like bully me because I was like six inches shorter, I just punch him. It was one of those things. So I don't you could, know. You could throw down, I bet. Got, I got my ass beat a lot. Sam Alapate. <laughs> he beat the shit out of me. Hope you're listening, Sam. No, nah, he's a good friend. I love him to death. We grew up playing football together since we were eight. Went to high school together. Popped off him wrong once. He ended up stuffing me in a locker and beating the crap out of me. Stuffed you in the locker? Oh, yeah. Was, Dude, you were tiny. I was tired. I was tiny. That was in high school. That was like my freshman year. Did he close the locker door on you? No, he was just like slamming the locker in my head, but nothing <laughs> nothing crazy. Yeah, nothing bad. Still love you, Sammy. How you doing? <laughs> um, let's talk about this matchup. The USA. Coach Tony DeChico. Yeah. Tony DeChico. Notable names, Mia Hamm, we all know Mia. Legend. We know Brandy Chastain, who's going to be joining us. Julie Foudy, Christine Lilly, insane header to save the game at the end. And then Brianna Scurry, Goalie. goalkeeper. Oh, my God. Scurry Spice. She ruled. Dude. I mean, that that save she had was like... Unreal. Yeah, that set the tone. That's that's the win. That, that one, you know, everyone talks about, you know, Brandy, but... And as they should, but there's no goal without that save. The goalkeeper's got to get one. Everyone else got to make them. It's a team effort. It was an unbelievable team effort. The path to the finals, they won all three group staged game ones, 13 to three goal differential. Jeez, that's domination. Uh, their group consisted of Nigeria, Denmark, and North Korea. Sorry, North Korea. Guess you couldn't hang with the big girls. It's just, that was a different time when we were actually having them compete at that time, yeah, right? Dude. I don't think they compete anymore, do they? They still can, they throw a couple in there? Do they give them like a different name now? 
like kind of like russia you know russia's not russia they're like team of they go they go by mk yeah I'm like what does that mean i think it's like yeah korea like people's republic at the end see yeah. i knew different yeah. name different name uh the knockout stage they beat the zijamans uh three to two and beat brazil 2-0 brazil they love that soccer out there yeah that's a tough for as far as soccer goes that's a tough it's a tough country very i mean i feel like germany's tough always too always soccer. but different like yeah. i would say germans are usually like technically like insane and strong very strong players yeah. don't and then, take no for an answer so i'm like <laughs> and then the brazil don't back down even when they're told to what sounds very familiar yeah we won't get into that but uh the brazilians they're always like they were always like the prettiest when it came to like athleticism and like pele being able to oh yeah you know what i mean they were just always the rad athletic team um so yeah game versus germany was the closest call brandy had the brady brandy had a own goal Ooh, that's not that's not good and was down 2-1 Brandy redeemed herself, scores game tying goal. Got to do that. Got it. And then what do you got, Jackie? I see you leaning in. What do you got? No, I was just gonna say she redeemed herself with that that uh, that awesome goal, winning like the top of the net. Yeah, volley action. Jeez, what? That's that's the way to do it. If you're gonna make a mistake, you got to make up for it. That's why she was she was the captain. They were all. Was there captains? Let me take a look real quick. She. The way she she's like I I was watching some interviews with her. She just sounds captainy, yeah. you know. She's just a, a good, great teammate. I resent that Julian read the Team USA, so now I have to take a shot at China. This is going to be rough. that's called the old Jedi mind trick. <laughs> Coach, uh, oh, quick disclaimer: bear with uh, us on the pronunciations. <laughs> this is going to be rough. Coach uh, Shui Kingjia. That's close enough, right? I, I thought that was all right. Yeah, you, I should call up my agent, Don. We should we should have got Don for this explanation. That's where I, Don. I'm sorry. I should have took this some is, more time about this. This, this is a powerhouse team, twelve to two goal differential in the group stage. Just like the U.S., they dominated their way to the finals. They had beaten the U.S. twice that year in the lead up to the World Cup. Some of the notable names are the striker Sun Wen. Uh, won the tournament's Golden Boot Award, scored seven goals Ooh. in the way of the finals. I mean, unreal. Uh, Wang Luping, Wen Lerong. I don't know why I'm doing it with like it's British or something. That was terrible. Lu Ailing. Now I'm going to American. Zhao Lihong, the midfielder. I thought he did pretty damn good there. That was all right. Oh, why are you giving me more names? What the hell? Damn it, Jack. Gao doing Hung. your damn research. Gao Hung. What the hell are you doing to me? Gao Hung. Gao Hung. You survived the gauntlet there, bro. That was Gao good. Hung. <laughs> it's a good porno name. She was a badass, man. too. Gao Hung, the goalie. Mind games. I'm, I'm Gao Hung. It'll be interesting to get Brandy Chastain's, uh, you know, what she thinks about Hung because I guess previously she hung got her. Yeah. What, what, what game was that? You say she hung her out to dry. Literally. <laughs> and figuratively. All right. I think that was in oh, was either the Algarve Cup or the the friendly that we played. With, yeah, uh, they had a PK. He said, "Yeah, let me and look into that." She went wide, went wide right. She's a really good goalie. Path of the finals. They won all three uh, group stage games. Started out with Sweden, which I think of as a good soccer 
country as well. Australia, obviously great. Ghana, these are all, you think of this tough soccer team. Ghana, you think of soccer and chocolate. That's what they're known for, right? Do they have chocolate? I think, chocolate? Th I think chocolate's from Ghana. Oh, cocoa, the, maybe the cocoa bean. Yeah. Knockout stage beat Russia. Beat, I mean, someone had to. Someone had to smoke, take Russia out. Smoke Norway. Wow, they messed Norway up. Uh, US WNT versus China rivalry. Uh, played each other 18 times in 97, 98. US won 10. Uh, 1995 World Cup Group C matchup was 3-3 draw during which China came back from a 3-1 deficit. That's Tough. pretty annoying. Tough team. Don't, they just they, don't they, they don't give up. Yeah. They don't give up. Face each other uh, in the third place game, which US WNT won 2-0. Uh, 1996 uh, in Atlanta, the first time women's soccer was played in the Olympics. US beat China 2-1 in the gold medal game on the home soil, and then 1999, pre-World Cup, China already beat the U.S. twice, 2-1 at the Algarve Cup, and 2-1 at Friendly. I mean, in China's defense, had this to play how it starts, dude. You're sounding like a traitor. I, I, no, I'm just saying, in China's defense, you gotta look, you gotta look at both sides. They, all these games took place, a lot of them took place on U.S. soil. Yeah. No, no, home, no home field. Yeah. You know? I think great teams should be able to adapt. That's true. And China didn't. China failed. The game. The lead up to the World Cup. The tensions between the two countries were already high following the U.S. mistaken bombing of the Chinese embassy. The Chinese embassy in Belgrade. Oh, my God. That's like, I mean, this, this doesn't happen in American matches. It's never like, you know, he bombed Oklahoma City. No. Absolutely. You know, it's like, this is like actual tensions in, in the world. A lot of tension. Do you think they're doing that in the locker room? You think the Chinese coach is like, they attacked us. You know what I mean? Like, do Bulletin I mean, board material, you never know. <laughs> Sometimes you need some bulletin board material. Uh, the U.S. mostly dominated this rivalry since 1999. Packed stadium, wild environment, 90,000 fans, J-Lo performing. Neither team could find the best. Or neither team could find the back of the net. Both teams had some very close chances, but it ended in a zero-zero, or should they? Should I say a nil-nil tie? It's oh, crazy that soccer can just end zero-zero. Yeah, but it's they got crazy. PKs and they got extra time. Not in a World Cup final that they can't, you know, end at a zero. It or, doesn't get. It more technically dramatic. ends as zero-zero, and you don't get the, the the goals, right? Right. Right. Wow. I mean, this was, it doesn't get more dramatic than penalty kicks. No, but it, but before penalty kicks, you have overtime, which are two 15-minute periods, not sudden death, not first goal wins, right? It just goes. Yeah, no golden goal. Both both scoreless, no golden rule. That's a FIFA. I see you right there. Um, it was hot as hell this day in the Rose Bowl, 100-plus degrees in Los Angeles on July 10th. Low humidity, though. Beautiful weather. Um, penalty kicks, U.S. made five of the PKs. All five. China missed their third PK, or should we say scurry, scurried that ball right out. Um, and that was against Liu Ying. I feel bad for her. Oh, it's got to hurt. That's got to hurt. You think she goes back to the country? Like, that's that's devastating to be, you know, I, 
I'll, I'll put something in perspective. I, I it wasn't necessarily a uh, you know World Cup final, but you know in a frosh soft championship game on the last play, I went back and I was playing safety. I picked the ball and I was going to stay up, and the guy who I picked the ball from took the ball from me with time fall, time expiring and scored, and they won. Oh my God! Scored and they won. It's on there somewhere on the internet. It was it was pretty devastating. So I, I can only imagine how she felt uh, with the uh, World Cup. One time in Naples, Florida, I bombed for a full weekend, and an old man came up to me and told me I wasn't funny. So I can relate. Fuck that guy. I can relate to that pain too. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, the things we remember, obviously, the sports bra moment, right? Yeah, that was like huge, iconic iconic the penalty kicks and the aftermath of the success for these women all throughout the country all throughout everywhere in the world just getting all these little u.s american girls fired up making us huge making us the biggest baddest u.s women soccer team of all time let's go to the gaming corner presented by WinBet. Yeah, what do we do? What's a good prop bet for Brandy? What do you think? What is 99ers? I, that's that's what they call this team. They were like, they call them the 99ers. I don't like that one. Yeah. I think it's got to be sports bra related. Yeah, but that could sound kind of. I know dudes saying that. Yeah. Damn it. This climate that we're living in. I can't. How many times we could uh, mention head coach Tony. DeChico. DeChico? DeChico's leg- mustache? It was a legendary stash. Yeah, but that's also kind of pervy. Yeah. Is it not? You know, just, talking no, nothing sounds good right now. What are we thinking? Any good, he does Dude have, has a pretty gnarly stash. He does have a porn stash. Burt Reynolds. Kyla, what do we got? What are you thinking? How many times we can say iconic? Then we're just rubbing it in her face. Jeez, we're really... We're really... <laughs> really struggling with this one here mm. any thoughts over there but the peanut gallery the, the, the amount of times we can say suck it china how about that i like that yeah that could be fun <laughs> three three and a half two and a half two and a half we'll go two and a half uh, we can easily hit that that seems very reasonable yeah we'll see should we do two and a half well, I, we'll see because it all we we've said this about you know other win bets before and it, and it never you know sometimes the vibe of the the interview's not there where you can just go out and say suck it china but we'll try it i got a feeling the over is cashing with ease today two and a half all right all right we'll be joined by brandy chastain after this quick break and thank you brandy for joining us i'm julian i'm sam nice to meet you brandy pleasure's mine and it's an absolute honor to have you on our podcast, but before let's get through some of these ac- accolades that Brandy has. I mean, she's clearly an icon. We've seen her on every sports magazine. We've seen her on every late night show commercial, especially in our age age group because we're you know we're both thirty six. This was a huge time of our life. You're an Olympic gold medalist. You're a World Cup gold medalist. Uh, you played twenty years, almost twenty years professionally. And you're a member of the California Hall of Fame, something that, you know, one day I wish I, I hope I can get in. Maybe probably not more of a Boston guy now, I guess. But uh, And you're on our wall right here. And you're on our wall. 
We have what? you yeah. on our wall, oh. loud and proud. I appreciate that. You know, I, I have been in love with soccer for 45 years and it was, you know, quite, um, this is a cliche obviously, but it was love at first kick for me. I, I, I signed up. We didn't have anything to do with soccer. It just came to our neighborhood. My parents and I went down, signed up, had no idea what it was. And literally I got my gear because then you didn't have to try out. It was like, you got put on a team. I went to bed in it. I had my soccer ball, went out to the first practice, done. That was like, I knew I was doing this thing. Um, I did other sports and I loved other sports. I love all sports. I actually thought I was going to play in the NFL because that's all I saw on television. My dad watched it. My grandparents watched it. My my godfather played for um, the Packers and the Rams back in the leather helmet days. Wow. And I love football. Uh, I just didn't know it was going to be my football. Yeah. I fell in love with it most. So, yeah. So as for coaching, you know, I, I just feel like there's, you know, the, the game gives me such joy and it, 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 it ticks all the boxes for me, whether, you know, whether that's all the senses, whether that's the, com the competition, whether that's the challenge every day, um, whether it's the highs and the lows. I mean, I've had two ACL reconstructions and I was out college soccer for two and a half years. I was on a world cup team and a world cup champion, then cut from the team and away from the team for four years and had to wait, make my way back. And so, you know, I've had my position change. It's like if someone said, okay, Julian, you're going to go from, you know, maybe it's not a stretch for, you know, you could go from a wide receiver or a slot uh, player to uh, a DB or, you know, or a, a, a safety, you know, you would, you could do that. You wouldn't think about doing that because that's not your primary position, but maybe you could because you have a lot of tools that you used against them. And so for me, that was, I kind of re, um, resurrected my career by playing now on the defensive side of things when I started my career as an attacker. So I feel I have a good, well-rounded perspective on, you know, what it's like to be every player on, on a roster. I, I feel like I have a good perspective on, you know, playing on both sides of the ball. I love the transition moments. You guys don't have a lot of transition moments in American football, but I love transition moments from attacking to defending, defending to attacking. And I think in those moments, the most mentally um, capable are the teams and players that will win games and be most successful. And so I love the, those moments the most. And, and I love the skills. I love the mastery. I love the poetry and the grace that comes along with the game. And I want to give that to our players. And it's not about winning at all costs. It's about winning with, uh, the value of the game and the beauty of the sport and why the fans pay a lot of money that they worked really hard for. And so I want to deliver what uh, they deserve. Wow. That's awesome. You feel the passion. Oh, that's, that's the number one thing you always, the, the, the number one thing that I always found with the best coaches that I were around was passion. Yeah. You know, you have to have that and that's second to none. Um, but uh, you got to take us back, Randy, to 1999. What was it like for you? Like before, before the, the, the games and the World Cup started, like the narrative going in, you guys been battling with China, you lost to them. 
you know, previously in the, what is it, the Arcata or the? The Algarve Cup. Algarve Cup. And and yeah. you had, you know, you missed one of the PKs against Hung, you know, going into this. Album, yeah. So, like, <laughs> what what was your guys' mindset going into this? Like, were you guys, you guys were obviously one of the favorites, but being that target, you always have to have something in your mind like to not believe the hype. Like, what was that message going into this World Cup? Well, we had a lot of we had a lot of messaging that was floating around in the in you know the ecosystem that was outside of our team, and and I'm sure you can appreciate this. And I think Sam, for you too, it's like you know you're always going to have your critics, right? You're going to have people who either don't believe. I don't know you what you're talking about. I've looked at YouTube comments, and everyone likes me. <laughs> okay, sorry. So then you can just sit there idly quiet and <laughs> on your no, throne and yeah. be very comfortable. No, yeah. um, so it's um, you know honestly there was there was two two messages that were going around around us which we worked incredibly hard to filter from the things we needed versus the things that were in existence. So um, number one was the future of women's soccer as a whole globally if the U.S. didn't win this World Cup, would basically just go. And that was because we pushed, you know, as we do here in America, we're, we push the envelope. You know, we say we, we, we want big events. We watch Super Bowls in massive stadiums. And we believe that women's soccer deserved that platform. This was the World Cup. It wasn't some small you know, high school soccer tournament that was going to be played in the Northeast, which is what they wanted to do. They wanted to put it in like college type, you know, small, like Tufts University or, you know, with five to 10,000 seats. And our group of leaders said, no, we're not going to do that. And so they pushed for playing in the Meadowlands and playing at the Rose Bowl and playing in all the stadiums in between. And so with that came the responsibility of filling those seats. And it was, you know, it's over a million um, seats that you had to fill uh, over the course of the tournament. And so that message was looming large, dark clouds and Darth Vader kind of like the future of women's soccer, you know, kind of thing. And so there was a lot of pressure in that way, but to, I think another message, which was, you know, we knew what we, could control. We knew the type of team we had. We, we have proven before that we have championship pedigree and we understand how to win. And so, you know, we had that on our side. So we, we had that great messaging. And then we had this responsibility to your daughter so that when she was going to be born some 20 something years later, that she would have a place that, that would be of equal access for her to play. And so, you know, that was a lot. And so, you know, when, when we went through that tournament, there was a lot of interesting twists and turns uh, along the way that made it very exciting. That's really crazy and, and cool and, <laughs> and also really fucked up that you have to, you have this pressure on you for your whole gender. Yeah, I think about like when I started stand-up, I'd know female headliners and there'd be some of these like old school bookers who were like, Oh, if they don't do well, like that's it for women for a few months, you know? So mm -hmm. that's really messed up that you had this kind of pressure on you, but it's pretty damn cool that you delivered. I mean, you have all these great players on this team, all these, you know, big names. 
but you seem tight. Was ego not an issue at all for this team? You know, I, I feel like everybody had their, um, you know, they ha you have to bring that to the field, right? Because when you show up against the best in the world, you, you have to believe that you're great enough. You're not just good. You're great enough to, to do this. So, you know, we had that. But the beauty of this team and the leadership in Tony DeChico and our captains, Carla Overbeck and Julie Foudy, um, and our leaders that didn't wear the captains um, on their, you know, on their armband were, were so in tune with the objective. And the objective was to win and to be successful in winning we had, everybody had to be embraced. Everybody's role was important. Didn't matter if you played 90 minutes, half a game, 10 minutes at the end, you never came off the bench. Um, everybody contributed to the outcome. And I believe because we had this, there was a saying called wholesome discontent at practice, shit, Julie Foudy and I would be having a WWE match going on. The ball could be on the other side of the 4v4 and we would be wrestling and then the, the practice would end and we'd be laughing and we'd be like literally like arm in arm and laughing off the field. So we had a really great uh, respect for each other. We had a trust in one another. Um, we knew that we were all there for the same purpose and uh, the same objective. And I will say that it was a different time, Sam. Um, it, you know, there was no social media there. You know, it was barely the time when people were starting to use cell phones that weren't like you didn't have to carry it over your shoulder and like a brick. And so, you know, we got to be present a lot. We got to be with each other and there was not as many external factors that could derail anybody. You know, I, I think this is the, this is the greatest challenge now. It's that everybody is camera ready. Everybody is in the moment. I'm going to make a deal. And, you know, the way I see it is if you do your job and you do it in a way that shows your, your care and the respect and the responsibility to your team, um, the fans, the game, uh, things will come your way. Things will come your way. So I think we had a really special time and a very special group. You guys prepare to play in front of 90 plus thousand. <laughs> how do you do that? We didn't really know how to do that. <laughs> I mean, that was that's an interesting comment because when you don't get to play in front of those big crowds, it's like it's really it is really interesting how to prepare for that. How did you prepare for it? We were, we were at, we trained in the Orlando area and we would go over to the Orange Bowl and I think it was the Orange Bowl. And we'd have a practice every now and again. And our coach, Tony, would make them put on just this most atrocious noise. <laughs> so you couldn't hear anything. And it was just like oppressive. And, you know, you're playing in 90 degree, 90, 95 degree heat with like almost 100% humidity. And you're just suffering, right? You're like, it's the worst. It's the wor It's the best of the worst, right? It's the best opportunity but you're you're getting like brutalized by noise and heat and you're you're being challenged by the best players in the world i think that's the thing we had in our favor if there's anything i could say about what we got to experience is that we played against each other every way in a in a such a, a positively competitive environment that 
every other team seemed like it was going to be a relief to play Brazil, even though it wasn't, or China or Germany, because we just we just worked the hell out of each other every single day. Iron sharpens iron. I mean, I can remember vividly anytime we would get ready to play in Arrowhead or Seattle, these significantly louder stadiums that were built for it. We did the same exact thing. Coach Belichick would throw on the noise. We'd have to work on our nonverbal communication. You know, if it was um, a time where we were playing in Miami and it was, what, 30 degrees in Foxborough, he'd, turn, he'd put us in the, the bubble and he'd turn up the heat as, high, as hot as he could. And then he would spray the walls down so we would try to get that humidity, making practice way harder than yeah. what you did for the game. So that that's awesome. Um, Amazing. So I want to ask you, you know, Bill Clinton was in the crowd. Uh, how crazy is that playing for the president? It, it is remarkable that the amount of people that came to that game, 90,000 plus, and the president, uh, Miss Hillary Clinton, and their daughter Chelsea were there. And we didn't know that before. So that was a big surprise. And just as it was a surprise to have Arsenio Hall come into the locker room, Whoa. it was, you know, interesting to, to meet the president. And it was all on the, on the up and up pictures and just some fun and just some gratitude about, you know, from their perspective of what we gave to the country in terms of the excitement and the ability to cheer on something, but, you know, something bigger than ourselves. And, and for us to think, holy cow, this is really way bigger than we ever thought possible. So it was a hell of an afternoon. So you guys have played this Chinese team a few times. I believe your guys' record, you guys played 18 times. You had you guys had 10 wins against them. You guys went back and forth. They were pretty good. What were their strengths and how how what was the game plan going into the game? When, when you, you play a, a team that you, you're pretty familiar with because you guys played them a bunch, you know, was right. there a wrinkle that you guys threw in there or was there something different that you guys were going to do? Or was it just like, we're going to beat them because we're, we're just better. <laughs> well, you know what? I, 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 I would like to say that we had some grand scheme, but I don't really think there was anything that was, um, so different from what we did. I, I think it was, we're going to rely on the things we can control as you can understand. But I think, you know, being in this massive environment, um, unlike any other world cup that existed, I feel like we had a slight advantage in two ways. One, it was a home game. It was in the U S and, you know, at the Rose bowl, which we know is like historically where all these incredible big games happen. So we were, you know, we, we kind of had this home town feel in, in the sea of 90,000. Um, but I think also on the mental side of things is that, you know, we knew that we could on a day like today, just come out and impose our will upon them. But the, the beauty and the grace of China, and you ask, you know, what, what were they good at? Incredibly technical and small spaces and they're off the ball movement. And uh, you could probably understand this from a basketball perspective. It's like a, it's like the Golden State Warriors, right? Um, uh, they just move off the ball so well. It's like it's hard to keep track of where they are, and so that was exhausting uh, mentally. Um, so it, it was a good thing that you know mental focus and fortitude was a part of probably our skill set that that set us apart. Um, 
and both of the teams bent a lot. And we had, you know, some interesting moments that I'd be really happy to share with you during that game that really pushed us to the limit and literally almost put us to the breaking point, but we just, we just wouldn't break and neither would they in regulation. And so that's, I think what made the penalty kick situation so exciting was that it was a hell of an intense game from the first whistle to the 120th plus minute in a hundred plus degrees. And it was just, it was not for the week. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, I just off the top of my head, you know, Lily had that header that like, you're like, Oh shit, we're, oops, you know, we're, we almost got that. In. And then you had that slide tackle and what well, it was the 89th where they, they were trying yeah. to get it out in the middle of the field and you slid tackle and got it out. Like there was just so many almost breaking yeah. points. What were some of the ones that you said you wanted to discuss? Yeah, I think the Christine Lilly one is probably the most impactful in a story that I think everybody can really embrace, whether that's in sports or in their regular life. Um, you know, we all get bogged down with details, right? And we know that the, the devil's in the details. If you don't do the details right, the big picture goes away. And so Christine is the Cal Ripken of women's soccer or sports, really. She She's played more international games where she's right there in Boston. So shout out to my girl, Christine Lilly. Let's go. Um, Boston stand up. She's yeah. She, she's played 354 times for the U S national team. And at that point, her job was to stand inside the near post to protect that area. So Brian Scurry, our goalkeeper could on corner kicks, you know, I, I, Bry's like a predator. The ball comes in there and she's going to just gobble it up, right? There's no one who's better at getting the ball out of the air than Bry was. And so in what was called golden goal at the time, which meant if anybody scored, the game would be over in the overtime back then, uh, China had a a corner kick and they played the ball to the far post and their player out jumped ours and headed the ball back. And you see Brianna Scurry just dive as far as she could. And she had super long arms and really big hands and was exceptional. And the ball just literally went right past her fingertips. And there's Christine Lilly jumping up to head the ball out. And I get chills thinking about it Mm -hmm. because, you know, this is a player that, again, has more experience than anybody in the world could have easily said, you know what, I've never had to make a play in this position in practice or in a game before. And I see some danger in an area that I'm big, I I should go out there. But she respected and honored her role and the responsibility of being in that position, even though she's never made a play. And so because of that, the game went on, you know, she, she headed it, I cleared it, you know, people kind of gave an ooh, and then the game just went fast forward. But without that relationship of understanding to the details, we wouldn't be having this conversation because we wouldn't have won the championship. And so I think that's one of the most phenomenal things that I've seen. And it seems so subtle and it seems so uh, mundane. And I think a lot of people overlook the details because they're like, ah, it doesn't matter. But they matter more than anything. And Christine Lilly proved it that day. Big time players make big time plays in big time situations. And, and, and when you watch this game, like you said, you saw it from multiple different players throughout the game. Uh, you know, that's pretty insane to hear that they never really practiced that. She's never had that play, but to have that 
what is it savviness or or that mm-hmm. that ability to do your job i mean and to be in the right place to be in the but that's probably where like Brandy says she that's probably that's where she was coached to be. It's not the sexy spot to be where you want to be on there, right. but she was there <laughs> and she and she made a big time play. Any 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 crazy plays that like no one really talks about? You know, yeah, I mean I think one one thing was, you know, Michelle Akers, she she is like she's a legend. She is she has been a force in women's soccer right since the beginning and since the first international game in the mid eighties. And, you know, here she is, she's battling some personal issues physically. And, you know, she just would give every single ounce of her being to just dominate the field that is super big. I mean, you guys play on a hundred yard field by 50 yards and our field is 75 by 120 and it's monstrous. And uh, she just worked her tail off every game and she threw herself into every tackle and she gets, you know, she puts herself in harm's way to make plays all the time. And, and that ended up happening in this game where she and Brianna came together and she gets knocked out of the game. And that, that could be a turning point. And I think most teams suffer um, failure in that moment because whether it's a mental letdown uh, or it's just you just don't have um, the players to fulfill the role anymore right you got you got this legend in this position and I think that was the depth of the women's national team is testament to um, its success I think the mentality of you know here we are we got our backs up against the wall get you know in the game against China who undoubtedly is you know one of the best inviting to be the best in the world and now we're going to have to do it without Michelle. And so I think the strength of the team was its brilliance and its belief in each other. And, you know, you do your job and half of somebody else's. That's how you, you have to do it every day. You don't just show up and do the smallest amount possible. You have to do your job to the most robust potential you can. And then you have to get outside of your own sphere and eke into your teammates around you and how can you help them be their best too. So I think that was a turning point that I think other people may have looked at and said, Oh, that's, that's going to be some severe trouble, but this team just persevered. And that was a, a moment I think we could all be really proud of. Well, we, we've talked about it before, you know, earlier, but I mean, the, the shape you guys have to be in for a game like this, how gassed were you when the clock hits one twenty? And where you're like, holy shit, like, were you amped up for the penalty kicks where you're like, ah, oh, this is how are we going to pull this one? out? Like, what, what were you thinking? Yeah, I think honestly, I think a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, you know, I think you're you're physically drained. It's like you have no fluid left in your body. You're just like, uh, you know, you're just you can't take enough um, in. Right. So you're gulping down water and electrolytes and you're you got an ice towel on your head and you have someone shaking your legs and rubbing rubbing them because you're just gonna you're on the verge of getting a cramp like every time you move and so I think there was a little bit of concern about that but I think there was also this great understanding that we've got the best goalkeeper in the world and you know we we have practiced and we have we have um imagined this moment many times over. This wasn't going to be the first time we looked at this and we were as prepared as we could ever be. And the beauty of, you know, what I love about the 
uh, sports and and these opportunities is they're like tests in school. And I wish I had this mentality when I was a younger person in, in education, because if I had, I probably would have got better grades. But, you know, tests are just an opportunity to see what you know, right? Just to put into practice um, what you've been doing every day. And so we were really excited about this opportunity, to be honest with you. So we were, we were, we were high in the, we're excited and we were like, holy cow, that was exhausting. And we knew that in, you know, to perform at our best, we had to have this, Samuel really enjoy this term. I'm sure you're going to use at some point in your future, maybe optimal arousal. Mm. We needed optimal arousal. I didn't jump um, on when you said fluids before. I want that on the record. <laughs> all right. I'm not that immature. <laughs> yeah. So you need optimal arousal, right? You need to be up enough, but not too high and not, you know, tamped down too much that you don't really care. So we were just finding that that perfect spot to just be ready to do what we needed to do. Yeah. And what people don't realize, you know, and I, I it's different, but it's it's still, you know, playing in the Super Bowl like this, like the World Cup final. It's not just the exhaustion from running. It's the lead up, the media, the emotional exhaustion that you have. Like, I could only imagine at this point, like, I remember any time we played in the Super Bowl, after the game, you're just so spent because you're going that much harder. There's no next game in, you know, so-called whatever. There's no next game. You've been dealing with a bunch of outside noise for, like, the last whatever many days, weeks, going in, leading into this. And then, you know, with the physical exhaustion, it's just I couldn't imagine having to go out there take a second and then all of a sudden go out and have to focus up and have that what, optimal arousal level-mindedness yeah. uh, to go in and make these PKs. Um, the save by Scurry, how big was that? I mean, did you guys know one was she was going to get one? You knew she was going to get one. You know, Brian is such an incredible competitor. And like I said already, you know, just her physical capacity was incredible she she just was long and just had the spring in her legs to just explode to the ball and you know she, and, and it and she just has this look every now and again in her eye and you're like oh i am not messing with that lady like that she means business so you know she she had she had a tough job because as we know the kicker it's really a kicker's game to win or lose it's not a goalkeeper's game to win or lose because the likelihood of making a save is fairly low. Um, players will miss the goal um, more than a goalkeeper will save save the ball. So, so when she did that, it, you know, obviously that was just that solidified the fact that we were we would win the World Cup, uh, and it, I think it eased everybody's mind. Uh, the fourth and fifth kicker, uh, especially for me, I, I knew that. As I walked up, even though I had missed one earlier, as you said, against Gao Hong in China um, in March of that year, you know, the you don't experience this for yourself in, in football. But if you ask Tom Brady, maybe he would give a different answer. Um, you know, Tony DeChico came up to me before we went out to the middle of the field to kick these um, these five penalty kicks. And he said, hey, um, you're going to take a kick. And I said, yep, I already talked to the assistant coach, Lauren Gregg, and we discussed it and I, I'm ready. In the run of play, I would have taken that 
a penalty kick for our team anyway. So I felt like it was kind of an odd question, but you know, in pressure, sometimes people get a little nervous. So they, maybe they say things that they're not really thinking about or whatever. And so I just said, yep, I'm ready to go. And he goes, okay, good. You're going to take it with your left foot. And then he just like took off like the road runner, like dust behind him. And I say that because I'd never taken a penalty with my left foot before in a game. And so, I mean, I guess if you ask Tom Brady to throw all the passes with his left hand <laughs> in the Super Bowl, I wonder if he'd say yes. I don't know. Or maybe one pass. Maybe. Would you ask but, Steph Curry to take a game-winning free throw lefty? Didn't, didn't. It's uh, weird. Uh, Larry yeah. Bird, didn't he? He would do it. He played left-handed one time. But that was but, more like him just shit talking. That was more Bird just and being it, a troll. It was like a regular season game. Yeah. It wasn't the World Cup final. Yeah. And you have to seal it. I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> when he said that, were you like, what the fuck are you doing to me? Well, I, I, like, you know, to your question initially, it was just there was so much like that exhaustion that there was not enough room to be thinking about why was this happening? It was just uh, trained from it was just information trained. It was just information and just going to go out and do it. And I mean, I'd done it many, many, many thousands of times before, maybe hundreds of thousands of times in training, but just not in the final or in a game. So, you know, I, what I, what I knew in that moment, and I, I believe this is where sports is our greatest, um, our greatest asset for young people in, in teaching them self-awareness and teaching them self-esteem and confidence. And sometimes things aren't going to go your way, but it's okay. And that there's going to be people who are going to have your back and, you know, you got to get up and try again. Um, is this trust, right? So Tony brought me back to the national team after I was off the team for four years. And he put me in the position of the, the left back, which is the left defender. And I never played defender in my career. So I was only a goal scorer. I was purely wired to score goals and to be competitive in front of the net. And he said, we want to change the way we do things. And we want your skill set of being comfortable and confident on the ball in the back of our field. And so in that moment, I had a, a decision to make, which was say yes or be too prideful and say, hey, I'm a forward. You need me as a forward. And, and I think because I took on the opportunity to kind of resurrect my career and play a defender, I trusted when he said to me, hey, I want you to do this. And, and so I, I feel like these are the kinds of lessons we learn in sports. And I've been learning them since I was a little kid and sometimes the hard way the very hard way. But, you know, I think in that moment, I felt really confident and comfortable that he knew what the right thing was and I just had to execute. Man, I, I just get chills. Thing Like I do a lot of, we do a lot of research for a lot of these preps for, you know, all our interviews and I'm not glad this one hit me. <laughs> you know, I, I almost <laughs> had to, I had to leave the room. I didn't want people thinking I was, you know, it's tearing up because, you know, that that's like a, that's a once in a lifetime thing that probably every kid, not just girls or boys, every kid dreams about this situation if you play this sport. You know, it's just like I had the opportunity to go out and catch a game winning touchdown in a Super Bowl. Like these are like things that, and it just rose the neck hair off my back because I have a little girl too. I'm sitting here like, this could be her. You never know. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, why not? So, why not? Um, but going into this kick, did you know, like, 
did you know her tech? Like I, I heard that you didn't want to look at her. You didn't want to give her no, right. no insight. You didn't, is that, that was the, was that it? Or cause would she just stare yeah. you down? Like there's, that's such like a, yeah. that's such a dual thing, like a Western, you guys over here about to get ready to but duel. If they made this into a movie though, they'd go good, the bad, the ugly style. And they go like, I, 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 right. But, oh, yeah. but in real life, you yeah. got to not give her anything. Right. Well, because you know, earlier in the year, as we we talked about, you know, we lost to China in the Algarve Cup final, and I had a penalty. And as I took the ball from the referee and I put it down, and I stood up, there was Gao Hong. She was standing right in front of me, and she's a quirky character, as most goalkeepers are. They'll admittedly say that. And she smiled and winked, and I was like, "What the hell is going on here? Like, get the hell, you know, get on the line." And and as I backed up and the referee blew the whistle, I hit it pretty good and it hit the crossbar, it went out, and we ended up losing the game. And so the only thing going through my head as I'm making my way from the midfield to the referee with the ball was don't look at the goalkeeper. And I think in so many of these moments, and you know, if I were to partake in sharing any advice with anybody who's getting ready to make a big presentation or their first presentation at work or, you know, getting up to hit, um, as the last out in, in a big game or anything in between those things that you've already done all the hard work, you know, don't, don't question your ability. You, you, you're there for a reason. And so you're just going to go up and do what you know how to do and be you, be your best you in that moment. And don't worry about anything else. Everything else will take care of itself. And so I just, you know, I move forward with the, don't look at the goalkeeper. I took the ball, I put it down. I never raised my eyes. You know, I got into that comfortable position where, you know, the distance from the ball and I tapped my toe and I waited for the, the whistle and I just struck it as well as I could. Every time I see it now, I think, shit, that's way too close to the post. Like, why did you make it so close? Um, but it was remarkable. And I think to your point about your daughter and, you know, the excitement of that moment, um, this, I, this concept of celebration and, um, and the, the, the need, the, the, the real need of a platform for young girls to express themselves and to, you know, have a moment where they can say, I did that, um, I think resonates with me more now, 20 something years later than maybe it did in that moment. Uh, but I, I truly understand that, you know, when I was a young kid, like you said, at the playground, you know, we all hope for that moment. We don't, I, like I said, I, I played flag football because I thought I was going to be in the NFL. And so I, I, I thought like, I'm going to make the, the game changing play and I would celebrate mildly, but I would watch my brother and his friends like all act like they had just done Im incredible things. I'm like, who the hell are you guys? Like, why are you so confident all the time? Like what gives you that? And I, I feel like that's something that this moment, um, you know, that, that picture now hopefully resonates forward for young women and young men, to be honest with you. And anybody who is finding themselves in a moment where, they need to know that what they, the good things that they do are worthy of celebrating because um, you did that and you shouldn't be shy about it. You should not demure and you should just enjoy the moment for all that it has to offer in not a conceited way, but in a everybody enjoy this moment because it, it's so fantastic. We don't know it, when it's going to come again. And that's why I think for me, it, it has lasted so long and that people come to me literally 
almost every day. And like, I was at that game wow. and I listened to the story of where they were sitting in the stadium and why they were there and who they brought and what did it mean to them? Well, I don't know if you've been on TikTok. Young people are not shy about celebrating themselves, but, uh, <laughs> but this is such an iconic celebration. It's so cool that like you earned it. Like you, this is, you have the moment that people dream about. <laughs> we got to get one of those. We got to put it. We gotta... <laughs> you got You got to call Santa Clara University women's women uh, at the athletic department. We'll see if we have any. But you, you, you earn the celebration. You have this moment. You th you think about the celebration. You see your brothers and uh, your brother and his friends doing the celebration, and then you have the most iconic one of the most iconic celebration shots ever. Like we literally have you. We have Jordan in the air after Elo. These are like iconic celebration shots. Did Braun you on statue in front of the Rose Bowl? Keep going. Yeah, yeah I mean, crazy, man. do you ever think of? Did you think about doing this, or was this just like I can't control myself? I'm losing it. Would you have done it differently? That's just that's, just, that's got to be just adrenaline. No, that's just. That's, I've called it before insanity because you just, honestly, I think this is the beauty of sports, right? These emotional moments. And this is why I feel like not to get off topic to the question, but where I think technology sometimes is interrupting the real value of what sports bring us. It's like these emotional moments, uh, these roller coaster moments and why we're invested so heavily in, in these games is we love the, uh, you know, like we love those things. And, um, and I think, that moment was such a combination of every of every moment I've spent on the field, whether that's, you know, having my ACL reconstructed and then my other ACL reconstructed or, you know, being um, the leading goal scorer or being on the bench and being the first to the sideline with the water. And, you know, whatever it was in soccer, it was giving me so much and it was providing me with such opportunity that I just. I, I honestly couldn't have stopped myself from doing that. It was just, it was insanity. It was all the the relief, satisfaction, joy. You just yeah, become was, possessed. Exactly. You're yeah. you were possessed. I mean, you're in yeah. that zone. That's a that's a zone. Like <laughs> that's a zone. As an athlete, we all crave. We crave for that yeah. that just moment where you you can't <laughs> control. Yeah. Have you have you spoken yeah. with? Have you spoken with anyone from the Chinese team since the battle? Oh, yeah. I actually, um, I helped one of um, the former players get her green card so she could stay in the U.S. And she's now a coach here in the Bay Area. Would, you, would you have helped if you lost? <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> Sportsmanship. Sportsmanship, well, I mean, maybe, Sam. Maybe it would have taken, I would have had to take, you know, some time to contemplate it, but no. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, you know, when we had the first ever women's professional league, the WUSA, we had uh, a few Chinese players, um, Sun Wen, um, probably their greatest field player, just phenomenal. Like you couldn't take the ball off that girl. She's the Steph Curry of, of women's soccer at the time. And, you know, playing against her was just brutal. Um, so we got to play against her here in the U.S. and you know, the players become, you, you become friends with these. This is the beauty of international soccer. This is what I really love about the game of, of soccer is that, you know, the world plays it, the world speaks the same language. You know, sometimes the tactics are a little different, um, you know, but we come together, you see these players playing all over the world in different leagues uh, across the world. And they become, you become um, friends with these folks. And so now you get to go out and compete, which I think makes it even just 
so much more fun. Um, I think in the, in the beginning, it was literally just countries against countries where we just didn't like each other. And then it became like, we really got to know each other. And I think that elevated the game even more. Time heals everything, you know, a little <laughs> bit, as much, you know, especially a competitor. And you got to tip your hat to these, the Chinese team, because, you know, ultimately okay. they were on, they helped give them the platform to go out and do this unbelievable thing and compete at a high level and, it, and end in a Hollywood kind of ending. I mean, PKs. It, yeah. I mean, that's so, you know, we're, we're, we're pro us all the way by a million trillion billion, but you got to tip your hats to Chinese. Tip your hat. You, you, you no, keep, absolutely. Do you, do you and the 99ers, like, do you guys pretty much like, are you guys like the 72 dolphins? Like, uh, anytime, like, a another U.S. team go fails or, or doesn't do well, you guys, like, s like hit each other up and, like, hey, you guys want to have a glass of champagne? We're still the baddest <laughs> team of all time. <laughs> <laughs> the, well, which one of the Patriots teams was the best? I mean, that's another, that would Ooh. be the question, right? Um, yeah. You know, that's, that's I would say the, the team that lost that... to the Giants and, and, uh, the early aughts, yeah. I think I think that team was probably the best, and they couldn't get it done. It was tough for this them. This guy's yeah. a Giants fan, if you didn't know that. Yeah, so. <laughs> I hold on. I have something here. Are you Niners fan? You have to be. I I, ha I am a Niners fan, but I have friends in in fo football and sports all over. Ooh. Well, I'm going to send that's, you a helmet. We're going to give you a real helmet. Okay. A, a real winning helmet. I don't know. That's Michael that's, Strahan. That looks like a pretty real helmet to me, buddy. I know. You had a, you know one you, Super Bowl. You know what? I have been on the sideline of your Super Bowls, Julian. You didn't know this because I worked for NFL Films and I did a show called Under the Helmet. And I have been on the sideline many times. And then I got pushed by my producers, go talk to the guys. And I'm like, oh, my God, they're right in the middle, middle of celebrating this glorious Super Bowl win. They don't want to talk to me. They're, they could care less. So Which one were you I've at? Been on, Oh my gosh, this is a good question. You're going to really Please be the Mario Manningham one. This would be perfect. <laughs> I've been at I've been at a couple of them. So, oh uh, shoot. I'm I'm too old to remember shit like No that. worries. Oh, excuse my language. Yeah. But, you, but I, you know, I I'm a big fan of of all of these moments, these big sports moments because they just help people believe that things are possible. Um I love it. Now, you know, we got to end this thing up, but I, I had to get a couple quick. I, you know, I'm, I'm a new time soccer dad. My daughter, you know, we're second season, yeah. you know, at four, she's five now she's turning six. You know, when she was four, it was more of like a class and, you know, they didn't really compete. Now we're competing. Uh, I do a couple drills with her. Uh, you know, I do the one where well, you're you the coach. Wait, you're the coach. No, I'm not the coach. I can't, I can't, I can't fathom being the coach because I, you know, I was coached in the nineties and it's a little different with the kids these days. So I have to actually go be behind the fence and like, cause she get a little nervous if she sees me here and there, but you know, how do I, how do I be a good soccer dad? Gosh, I wish my dad was still alive to answer this question for you because he was, he actually became my coach when I was, you know, just turning eight and he was my coach from eight to 16. He didn't know anything about soccer. We literally went to the library. We got the four books they had. We got the one VHS tape. And then we became uh, season ticket holders to the San Jose Earthquakes uh, back in the old NASL oh, yeah. days. And we just spent time together, like learning the details, the rules, 
the, he just encouraged me. And then he realized he got, we got to a point where he's like, Oh my gosh, I don't know enough to help you anymore. Just, you know, he was always there. I think that was really the main thing. He was there. He showed up. He, he, he acknowledged that he didn't know everything about it, but he gave us a place to play. And he, he was a former Marine. So he, we were, we knew push-ups, sit-ups, and run around the field in an organized manner. And he loved the idea of team, you yeah. know, as Marines, you know, that's like a family thing, right? So, you know, just making it as um, special and fun as possible is probably the most uh, most important thing you can do. Wanting them to be excited about coming to the field. Having a relationship with the ball is probably the greatest gift a coach can give a young player. Encourage them to take risks, make mistakes, fall down. They're going to fall down over the ball. Who can have the most glorious um, crashes with the ball? Like that's the only way you're going to get better. And so I would, you know, I would just encourage her to spend time with the ball and her friends and whatever they want to do with it. Awesome. Yeah. So I'll tell you what I, I, I do. Um, I go around LA uh, parks and I, I see soccer coaches and this is usually when she's in school and I, I poach a couple of the drills. So like we're doing a couple of these ones, we're doing inside taps and then I just throw the ball and she always wants to go to this hill part of the, of the, the grass. I don't know why, because you're not supposed to go there. And I'm saying, you just go, go there, but you got to bring the ball. You got to bring the ball. And so she just kicks the ball. So that's, that's all we got. I know nothing about soccer. I played like a few years when I was like real young, but, uh, that's great advice. I just got to be there and I'm going to do that. Yeah. And, um, thank you for joining us. What are, uh, what are your days looking like these days? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, you know, I, I do a lot of things. I'm sure you probably can appreciate this, Julian, as, as an athlete, your career only goes so long, right? Because physically you have to be able to perform at the top of the top. And so, once I retired from soccer, I was, you know, looking for that next thing that would fulfill and fill the void of not being in the locker room or not being with the team training every day. And that was really tough. And I got into coaching, which I feel like as a player, I was always kind of the coach on the field. And so that's been really great. And I've been working on just, you know, my coaching skills and, uh, my dream is to be a coach of the national team and whether that's, you know, one of our young national teams or the full national team, I just feel I've been given so many wonderful life lessons through the game that I want to give it back. So that's my dream. So I'm putting it out into the universe um, that, that hopefully one day will happen. But again, like you, I'm sure you have your, your hand in a lot of different things that are outside your area of expertise of playing football. So for me, I'm working with a startup called City Cheers, which was founded here in Northern California and now is headquartered in Dallas. And we have a consumer app that works in the restaurant and bar space. So if anybody's listening that's in that realm or works in distribution of beer, wine, and spirits, I'm your girl. Come to me. Um, we want to make the next, we want to make the Uber of the restaurant and bar space um, available on your phone. So, I have my own whiskey, so I'm going to be hitting you up very soon. Bodegacatwhiskey.com. Yeah. Let's go. Let's, ha let's okay. make it happen. 
Let's do it. Um, so wherever you are and whatever restaurant you're in, I want to, I want to have those connections. Love that. Uh, this is fantastic. Uh, I think the other thing I'm working with a friend who actually played football at Cal. He's a local San Jose guy and he was really struggling with, um, he had, he had suffered a couple injuries, concussions, and he was suffering with, with lack of sleep and being in business school and, and they had a project and he created this new pillow. And so I want to help, I'm helping him invested in, um, it's called mummy MVMI. And we want to get people to really appreciate and, and really put time and energy, <laughs> which is funny into sleeping. Um, and we, we always, we understand that, um, your next best day starts with your best night's sleep. So we have a pillow that is awesome. It's different than the one chamber pillows of every other type of pillow, which if I asked you, where do you get your pillows or where do your pillows come from? You guys would probably be like, oh, I don't know. I'm a, my pillow guy, sure. not for, not for the pillow itself. I like his politics. I think he's really a wise person <laughs> and, uh, stop. <laughs> I like the goose I, feather I, pillow. I, I'm a goose feather so pillow. I, my guy. No, I really, right, I, so, is it, is a good neck support? Cause I have a bad neck. I, I do a, a temper neck pillow. I need that support. You know, I am, I, I want to encourage you to try my pillow. I'm oh, sorry. I want you to, <laughs> I want to encourage you yeah. to try mummy, uh, the mummy pillow. Okay. And I want your feedback. And is it mummy? Cause you I, sleep like this. It It's, it's a sleeping, <laughs> you don't have to, no, okay. but if you want to, you can, okay. no, no judgment here on how All you right. sleep. I appreciate that. And you got, and then you have to become an owner of a NWSL team in the Bay area with, along with myself and our group here. I mean, and then she'll believe you got, you got to believe possible. we got, I mean, are we starting a team? Yeah, we are. We're, Come on. Uh, what, what team? N what NWSL city? NWSL to the Bay. NWSL to the Bay. Oh, it's just a Bay overall Bay. In the Bay area right now. We're you got to be a part it. of this. Uh, got to be a part of it now. I, I got I breaking news. I'm you're part invited. of it. Yes. Brandy, did we miss anything? And and also, is there is there a name? <laughs> is there a name for this game that we should call it? Because this is games with names. We got to name the game. Well, I mean, there's the big debate. It's uh, the big debate is raging. Is it football or is it soccer? Um, it's soccer. Soccer, baby. See, that's <laughs> that's America right there. That see, we, we're gonna we're gonna market it our way. <laughs> yeah, I you know I think when in Rome, when in Rome, I say it's football. That's but fair. Here it's soccer. What do we name this actual game though? The this game, the game that we just the talked about. Game. What's a great oh. name? Because that's we we score the games, we name the games, we we okay. have a, a grading scale of these games. About star power, everything. Who was at the game? The time of the game. What's the name of the game? If Julie, if Julie Foudy were naming this, she'd call it "Battle of the Bitches." That's what she'd call it. I love Done. that. Battle of the Bitches. I, I think that. that's going to probably come out as one of the highest ranked names of the games. That's killer, <laughs> Foudy. Foudy. She she loves that. That would that would be Foudy. That's an ode to Foudy. That's to my captain. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It was great talking to you, and uh, this this is a great app. Thank you. So, did I just buy a soccer team? I think, I mean, hopefully, it's not more than like fifty k. 
It's a sm it's like kids soccer, isn't it? No, it's, it's not. Full professional women's soccer team. I think. I mean, it's probably a good investment. It's growing sport. Growing right? sport. Yeah. Growing sport. We'll see. And I got a little one in it. So hey, you know, we've all seen like race car teams have their son be a driver of some sort. Maybe hey, really gets a little uh, roster spot. That's a, you Double. know what nepotism. Let's Give do Sam it. And I hey, everyone likes that kid. Hey. <laughs> it's not not how you get there. So you got there, all right? Hey, man, that's uh, yeah, that was under I mean, the pillow. I, I'm looking forward to trying this pillow. My neck is straight trash. I, I need a new pillow. Yeah. I've tried every fancy pillow. I'm still my neck still stinks. And I I want to see her co as a coach. Yeah. I mean she's she's got a a crazy image a lasting image for a lot of a lot of women right there a lot of girls yeah but not just that but like her story and and you know wouldn't you want to see that as your leader for your team and she knows we all know she knows soccer yeah and she could probably get you can just tell i mean the the passion is I, I feel it like you got emotional yeah for sure yeah and and leadership skills i mean i'm, I'm pretty sure that's pretty documented she's a leader yeah so and she knows soccer, so I I I, I can't wait to hire, see her as the U.S. women's soccer team or football team, as as what we call and the game. What a, what a great game! I mean, down to the wire, PK, Scurry with the yeah. block, Lily with the block in the 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 ends or the the goal, right place, right time. Shades of Jeter. Remember when he was like out of position, gets the ball and flips it. Yeah, to get Jeremy Giambi out. Right place, right time. Maybe Jeter's was a shade of Lily's. Maybe you ever think of it like that? Okay, this is a father of a daughter. Why not? All right, hey man. man you're, I mean, you're going to be a soccer owner. LeBron and uh, you know Draymond, they're buying pickleball teams. You're going to be women's soccer. Hey, I'm. I'm taking it. I don't even know what pickleball is, so I'm taking women's soccer. How about I literally just got a call also by the Boston people that are potentially making something, some a woman's team. I'm, I, I got to go, go with Brandy, right? Got to go with Brandy. My kid's in California. Yeah. How am I going to use this nepotism? That's a good I'm thought. I'm going to fly her out to Boston? No. Well, it yeah, sounds like... Night. For, Sounds like you're choosing dinner. the Bay Area over old Boston, the man. No, not, no. I don't know. I want to see you as the Al Davis of women's soccer, bro. <laughs> what? <laughs> you got to be out there on the sidelines. Like, got to get a different haircut. <laughs> Full track suit. Full tracks. I want Some, Julian to get that awful uh, bang. You remember that? Uh, that's, that's his son. What's his name? Yeah. Mark. Mark. Oh, my God. That's rough. <laughs> I love Mark. I saw him at Catch Steak. Why doesn't he change the haircut? Because he don't give a fuck. He, that's that. That looks like the Raiders owner. Let me Mark see. was a cool that dude. That is fucking weird. Look at that. No, no, pull, pull it up. What is going on? It's like not even. It's like the bang has got lazy and went the other way. I think he pulls it off. I think he pull. He, you know who he looks like? You know, on Thirty Rock, the woman who's marries Will Arnett. That's the haircut. You know, Rip Torn's daughter, the one who Jack's trying to get the company from. No, no one. You go yeah. side by side in the show. He kind of looks like Chucky. A little bit Chucky. Little Chucky. Like Chucky aged. It's like the ch the ninth Chucky movie. They're like, he's just like an old doll now. That's the movie. No, it's like it's like a Pinocchio Chucky. They make like he he his number one goal is to become human and then he turns into Mark Davis. He's just a successful rich guy. 
Well, you know, the Who Davises. Who goes to Supercuts? No, the, the <laughs> Davises, their money's all, like, they're true football people. They didn't come from money. Al Davis, like. He's got money now, though. Well, it's all in, I mean, yeah, he's got money, but like, they're not like notoriously known as like rich, rich owners. There's guys that, you know, if they had their, like, they would just burn that money if they had like that, had that with mm. other owners. Like they're real traditional football people. Al Davis started as a coach, coach, then he bought a team, he started the Raiders, player or coach owner, you know, and that's how it started. Like he wasn't a guy, he kind of like bamboo, I don't know if he bamboozled, but there was like some kind of crazy thing where he got the team somehow but uh shout out to to mark davis i I'm, I'm telling you i met him he was a cool dude i want to meet him now and you know what i apologize about the hair comment maybe it was out of line no I it was, you know i mean hey he's a confident guy he you know what I, why, why am i apologizing i stand by what i say yeah get a silly hair <laughs> probably still a cool guy he can have a silly haircut yeah i spent i spend i never spend more than 30 bucks on a haircut what in my life? What you look good. cool guy has a silly haircut other than him? <sighs> cool guys with Google cool guys with silly haircut famous because we're just gonna get random dudes. MacGruber? <laughs> MacGruber's a character though. Oh, dude. what? Daly. Who? John Daly. John Daly. But that's actually kind of. But he's an alcoholic to the point where he's probably just like, I'm not getting a haircut. Yeah, we're just getting random dudes. Let's see. Uh, Ronaldo, they just wrote, Ronaldo. I don't like that they put Seth Rogen in there as just a dude. That's anti-Semitic. <laughs> That's just curly hair. That's not... <laughs> they just put Seth Rogen and knocked up. That looks fine. He has curly hair. Yeah, Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber, I'll give you. That's a rough That's one. a tight haircut. By Have you seen Gordon Lebeau? Hayward's new haircut? It stinks. Oof, Gordon, pull it up. Pull it up. Ugh. The Friar Tuck? That's terrible. It's really... Is it no? What is that? That's like uh That is a bad. Haircut. That's like some. Um, I've actually. I think I've had that haircut. I'm not gonna lie. No way. Something along those lines. No, nah, uh, not. There's nothing along the lines. It's shaved. It looks no. terrible. He should be. He should be jousting in that haircut. Nah, I didn't have that one. No, Man. you didn't, dude. That's a bad. Yeah, but it. I don't know. He's trying to do what the kids do. <laughs> you should right? be an adult. What do we get? What else? Let's settle the prop bet. Yeah. Yeah, settle the we prop bet. We didn't hit. What, wait, no, I think I was supposed to say suck at China, right? Yeah, we didn't get it. I think Did we, we say it. any? We got it once. Who said it, me or Julian? I think it was you. Yeah, it was tough. It was it's tough. a tough one to slip in. You, you say suck it to a woman on camera, you're risking a lot. It, it's, a, it's a dicey thing to say. Yeah, very Even dicey. if you're saying it to China, you're still saying suck it to a woman. Probably best the under hit. Yeah, I'm, I, we're better people for yeah, it. Yeah, we are better people. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's the legacy of this game? Probably single-handedly has made soccer in the United States way more popular. L literally. Yeah. I mean... It, it hasn't been the men's team. Yeah. It hasn't been the men's team. Let me say, it has not been the men's team. We've had so much disappointment yeah. with a lot of our men's team. I mean, we didn't make the World Cup last time. I'm excited for this World Cup going into this. We got a lot of great players playing, you know, overseas... But it wasn't them. But it was the women. Rewatching this made me want to get into soccer because I've never been a huge soccer guy. You, gotta, you, you don't play video games. I got in because Are you of FIFA. FIFA. That's how I learned. I soccer. play like NBA and Madden sometimes. That's it, dude. I'm telling you, FIFA's a fun game. It is. It's fun. And then yeah. like that, that's how I learned the teams. My boys all had an EPL team. I jumped on. Got one that no one liked. Tottenham Hotspurs. 
And then, you know, that's how I kind of learned and then kind of became friendly with Harry Kane. And basically that's how we, I've started like following soccer. The soccer and the hockey video games are pretty similar. Legit. Yeah. I, similar. I, it's well, kind of the same kind of. I'll be on a tour bus next year and I'm, 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 I have a guy bringing a PS5. We'll have to get our video games on. Do you now? Is it is it connected to Wi-Fi? Or are you guys playing like straight against each other? I think we got to go. I don't. That's the thing I don't like about modern video games. It's harder to just play against people now. Nah, who Remember? does that? I want to play against. I don't against a stranger. I want to. It, it was uh, a bonding thing with a friend. I don't like that now. They're like put in your email, uh, d create an account with PlayStation Network. Fuck you. It's too much. It's too much. I, I want to see where I rank in this world. Fuck that shit, I want to be... When I want to bond with a friend. I want to bond with a 12-year-old who whoops my ass in Fortnite. <laughs> just just clip it where Julian says, I want to bond with a 12-year-old. <laughs> just cut it right there. Well, you no, <laughs> It's so funny. I'll, I'll be teamed up with like a 12-year-old in fucking a, a shooting game or like a... First off, they shouldn't probably be playing this, but like this little kid's like carrying the team. He's like teaching me all these little like acronyms like, hey, bro, AFK. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> What does it mean? He means away from keyboard. He's like, oh, Jesus dude, sorry, God. man. My mom was yelling at me. Like, I'm like, dude, come on. Get in there. I've been getting Is that good? I'm not, I'm not blaming video games for mass shootings, but I'm sure just eight straight hours of shooting a person in the face in a game is not... It's not not desensitizing no. you. No, and, and and it's I'm telling you, I've had my ass kicked by like eight year olds, yeah. maybe seven year olds. There's kids that can barely like talk, like they don't even have speech yet, and they can fucking dial you up. Damn, on these games. But let's get back to the legacy of this. <laughs> they game. don't know. They don't have a grasp on the English language, but they know yeah, how to handle I, an assault I heard, rifle. Like, dad, dad, and like this kid just starts fucking getting like seven piece kills and shit I'm like which one you play halo or call of duty which one? i play call of duty and i'll i'll, I'll dip into fortnite sometimes they're, they're fun games i'm terrible i i don't play a lot because i'm so bad but i was on the road recently with a few friends and we just hit up a dave and busters afterwards yeah and we're playing like mario kart and i'm like this is fucking killer yeah this is great but the but the the buttons have become more sophisticated no oh yeah that well that's my that's my that's my take on it. Yeah. I mean, I grew up with two buttons, maybe three if I got to Sega. You know, I didn't have, like, when you when you have to use dexterity for two buttons, these kids got, every finger's got a button, and they grew up on it. Like, so you're naturally going to evolve a better video game player. It's like sex. When you start out, you just need a couple buttons, but you move on, you know. You need to, you need to be able to work different You need buttons. an R2. You need an R2. You need an R1, an L1. You need the paddles on the bottom. Yeah, you need one, definitely need a paddle on the bottom. The bottom paddle is that paddle help? Get, get your mind out of the gutter, Sam. <laughs> What's the legacy of this game? Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's one of the most important sporting events in American history. I mean, when you Definitely. think of, I mean, if you think of soccer. Is there a bigger game in American history? Absolutely not. Uh, there you go. Absolutely not. It's you know, women's sports have grown because of this. It's given. It's given little girls. It's given them motivation and it's given them like a dream that they can go out and chase. Yeah. You know, especially in professional sports. And and that's huge, especially you know, if you have a little girl. You know, it 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 opens up doors and and that's what these ladies did. Um the Rose Bowl this is our This is our third or fourth game. I thought it was our fourth. Our third? All right, yeah. We've done Super Bowl twenty one and Super Bowl twenty seven. I mean, look, this is on the wall. As we said to Brandy earlier, she's right there. And that is the lasting image. That's the image of the championship. 
the either the kicking it or I I think that's the image. One hundred percent sports bra. The sports bra. And I'm glad we got it off the container. Yeah. It was lost in the container for years. That's crazy. Years. You can't misplace. You can't misplace a piece of sports history like that. No. Disrespectful. And, and she has a bronze statue in front of the Rose Bowl. Let's see this. It's just cool to get that moment to get called up and to deliver. It's pretty fucking badass. And a dude with the wrong foot. Oh, wow. Look at that. That's tight. I'm going to go take a picture with it when I get back. Man, look at that Lucille Ball one. That's fucking rough in the middle. <laughs> they really, Jamestown, New York stinks. They really dropped the ball in that Lucille, I love Lucy one. That is. Lucy, I huh? She looked, it's like, is that Lucille Ball or an American werewolf in London? What the fuck happened there? You know, I sometimes I don't understand why they, they okay those. Like, I've seen some of these buses, like when you go to, you go to the Hall of Fame in Canton, NFL Hall of Fame, and you're like, that looks really nothing like him. Yeah, I mean, some of these cities, like Peoria, Illinois. Don't you have to, like, if you're the guy getting it done, don't you have to, like... Be good? No, not... it. You have to, like, okay it, right? I mean, I think it's it's really expensive to, to make those things. Modification? Yeah. yeah. But uh, lasting image is, is the sports bro, no question. Jack, what did we forget, man? Um, Not a lot. We got a couple here, though. Brandy does also have an all-time bad statue. To go with her good one, so a bad one. Yeah, it's all time bad one. I'll pull it up here real quick. I guess. What? What do you mean? They got her looking like. Uh... That's what. What? That is I rough. Her Rooney vibes. Not great. That is offensive. We got to get that changed. She's an attractive woman. What the hell? I know. Yeah, that is disrespectful. I would be. Oh. Looks like the uh, the coach from Varsity Blues. John Voight? Yeah. I don't want your life. No, no. Remember that movie? Yeah. Get in there. What? Oh, shit. Oh, wow. Kyler, look at him. He's just a, a well of knowledge on film. I remember that woman comes in covered in uh, whipped cream. Oh, my. We were like all kids. I was yeah. like, what? Oh, and the teacher's God. a stripper. Remember that shit? I gave it a <laughs> a 10 a fucking 10 i still got one it's billy so, bob it's so nice to be the exact same age because tweeter exact, yeah you guys want to see my new teeter tweeter what touchdown dance wasn't he the same guy did they get the same actor to play him in not another teen movie wasn't it the same really dude? seemed like it it seemed like the same dude when he's oh. like coach said it's those are fun those, that was a here. fun movie let's name this game oh, oh we also got um i gotta correct myself from earlier in the episode this was Golden Goal, in fact. 93 was the introduction of Golden Goal. They phased it out. In and sudden four. death. It, first goal wins in overtime. Golden Goal. Yeah. We also talked about Brandy's big accomplishment in 1999, but I would argue her greater accomplishment came two years later. 2001, she beat Seth Green and Stephen Page, the guy from the Bare Naked Ladies, in Celebrity Jeopardy with $1 in Final Jeopardy. Whoa. Wow. How do you do that? She just she bet all one and they they missed it. I think they missed. Yeah, I gotta go back and review the tape. So she won two dollars for the charity. She won one dollar. Yeah, that's rough. Did they even write the check? <laughs> I don't know. That's like <laughs> now they're, they're good. Good news. Uh, good news. Cancer <laughs> research. We got you one dollar. Like thanks. We're not gonna cash this one. We're good. 
Still want it, though. Still want it. <laughs> Still want it. This is, yeah, what's the game? We got to name it. The sports bra game, is, is it weird? It's weird to call it that. No. I mean, that's the picture. That's not the name. The most important women's soccer game of all time. I mean, could be that. That's very American. Of what us. did she say? Uh, who, what did she say? Who said, uh, mate, called it the name? Julie the, Foudy. Foudy. She called it the Battle of the Bitches. It, that's it. Got it. I, I mean, that's what they call it. It's the Battle of the Bitches. That's what she wanted us to call it. Yeah. So, Battle of the Bitches. Stakes. Stakes are as high as they can be. It's the World Cup. World Cup final. Yeah. Against a rival, China. It's got to be in the nine. Am I, I go nine three, dude. Maybe nine, nine four. Is it, I mean, can they be higher? It might be a nine six. Is that nine, too crazy? Nine six, and I think so. All nine right. six. I mean, dude. I mean, you. We. I don't think we've done anything with higher stakes than this. We have. Star power is big, but then you also have to take into account that like, Clinton's there. And then who? Arsenio Hall. Yeah, he was there. At the peak of Arsenio's powers. Mia Hamm was on the field. Mia, Mia Hamm. Hamm. Uh, Hillary Clinton. I mean. Chelsea Clinton. Chelsea. I mean, we got a, we got a lot was of Was Epstein there? <laughs> Sheesh. Sheesh. <laughs> what about? Gotta take some Clinton slaps. Come on. I would say a 9-1. All right, yeah. This is, this is going to be up there. Gameplay. Game Look, I, I'm going to take some hits on this. I don't think the gameplay is incredible. I think the finish is incredible. It's a boring fucking game. It's 0-0, zero, zero, dude. I mean, there's some great moments, but I can't, I can't go higher than 7-5 on gameplay. That's very ethnocentric of you, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Tell what do you think. I would say probably like a 7-5. Seven, 7-5, five. Seven, five. all right. We're on the same page. You know what ethnocentric means? I'm, I'm assuming it's something to do with my ethnicity. No, it means uh, we're because of the society we've all grown up in as Americans that we like fast hitting, high scoring matches, and we can't take the beauty and the art of the the game and the flow of soccer because we didn't grow up in that particular area of the world. World Studies, two thousand three. That's what I remember. All right. Well, I would say there was a lot of there was a lot of key moments at the end of the game. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's how we get to 7-5, though, I think. I, I Lily, think. Without that shit. Lily with that header, Brandy with the with the slide tackle, because they were getting in transition right there. But uh, we'll go with 7-5. I think 7-5 seven seven five. is fair. And the name it, is high. The name is high. I'm, give, I'm going high in the name, because it's one of our best names. Name has got to be pretty high. Eight, I think 8-8. Eight, 8-8. Eight. Eight, eight. 8-8 eight, eight sounds reasonable. That's a great name. What do we got overall? This is going to be one of our highest, dude. 9-6. That's 8-7. Good job, Jules. 8.75? Well, yeah. What do we... So where does that rank? That puts us in... Top three? Fourth place. Fourth. Just ahead of 28-3. Wow. That's, I'm sorry, dude. That 28 to 3 is a classic. Right behind the Iron Man match, Bret Hart. You're Shawn offended Michaels. by this? More important than that's well, all geopolitical. You know what? I love Shawn Michaels. I love the Iron Man match. This is more important. This is real. <laughs> this is really. What are you talking about? Superstars are real too. Titans Rams is also ahead of it. 
Game four of the I want to move that out just because Warner hates me. <laughs> I want to remove that just because Warner did not take to me. Yeah, we'll we'll take a, uh, a special episode to reevaluate all these. All right, good. <laughs> we will have to do a special recap episode. But follow Games With Names on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter with the handle name at Games With Names. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to, folks. Wherever you listen to. Rate, review, comment, tell us a game that you want us to do. Uh, and that's all for this episode of Games With Names, sponsored by WinBet. Thanks so much for listening, and to our great guest, Brandy Chastain. Can't wait to get my uh, mummy pillow. Is that what it's called? Mummy pillow. I want my mummy. And the Uber for alcohol. You got to send her your whiskey, which is... That's true. Bodega Cat, my whiskey. BodegaCatWhiskey.com. Get on that. I'm Sam Morell. I'm Julian Edelman, and sorry for the shameless plugs over here at Ins... Oh, wrong. That's the wrong one. Wrong one. Uh, Games with names. We'll see you next time, guys. <laughs>